the pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Episode 114 of the Severe MMA podcast is back. My name is Sean Sheehan, and like every week, I'm here with the Jonah Ryan of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. And we're going to talk about all the big news from last week in the world of MMA. We're going to look back at that brilliant fight between Artem Lobov and Cub Swanson from UFC Nashville and all the other fights in that. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Daniel Cormier and John Jones, Ariel, um, reporting that that fight is going down in a couple of weeks' time or a couple of months' time even. And we're just going to talk a little bit about our World Series of fighting and the, the changes they're going to be making as well. Before we do that, though, Graham... Liverpool destroyed today, Manchester United walking towards the top four. How are you feeling? You you must be feeling terrible right about now, are you? Oh, it was fucking the referee. Like, why do you not just give the right decisions and, and then play the game fairly? But, uh, yeah, the defending from Liverpool, Lovren had a bad day. Origi, Origi had a really bad day. He, he made look kicking the ball in the net look really difficult. Um uh, I didn't even see the Man United match, but uh, Man United have a few difficult fixtures coming up, and they're they're insane. Look, can't can't go on forever. It seems to be turning with uh with with Rooney back in the team now that Zlatan's injured. So uh, with Rooney in the team, there's always hope that they're gonna, they're going to drop a good few points before the end of the season. So uh, hopefully Liverpool will still be able to sneak back into that uh, fourth spot or even third, depending on what happens in the when the teams around us play each other. Yeah, if only like if only Liverpool had a striker as good as Christian Benteke, you know, it'd be a great team. I reckon if they had someone like that, but un- unfortunately they don't. You well, know, Sturridge is a better player, but he's just constantly injured. He could have done with him today with Origi playing playing poorly, but he took another knock uh, right before the game, and he was he's out again. So uh, typical Daniel Sturridge, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose I have to get the slagging in now because United are playing City, uh, Arsenal, and Spurs all away, so we're more than likely yeah, not going to finish. Yeah, it's it's going to go down to the wire. I think it's yeah. it's it's going to go down. To, it's going to be very very close. Uh, it's good to see uh, Arsenal and Man City putting in uh, extra time shifts and and all that big game like tiring themselves out. And Man United still in the Europa League. Still a few more injuries to come there. Hopefully. Well, not hopefully, but probably. Bad bastard. <laughs> typical Liverpool fan. Typical Liverpool fan. Wishing the worst. I mean, uh, yeah, but it's it's a good running anyway. Like, it'd be shit if it was like Spain and just t- the top two when it's a dead rubber everywhere else. But in you know, in England, it's kind of it's good all the way down to even even Everton kind of could make a late surge, even though they probably won't. But Arsenal are around there as well, so there's a good few teams battling. Like Man United could easily finish third, or they could finish seventh. Like that's or Liverpool as well, or whoever. Like it's, it's yeah, any of the teams around there. Well, I don't think Everton are really in it to be honest, but the rest yeah. of them could be any could be any order, but. Uh, Hopefully, Lalana will be back for Liverpool. He's a big, he's a big miss. Mane's out for the season. Uh, at least, you know, Zlatan's out for the season as well. So there is other problems for, for other teams around us. Uh, Rooney being back in the team is definitely a plus mm-hmm. point for the teams around. Even though he did yeah. score today, but but uh, Burnley is a different kettle of fish to to Man City's and teams like that. Burnley's the toughest away trip in the Premier League. It's a no. fact. Burnley have more. Burnley have more home points. Liverpool would uh, Liverpool would struggle at a team like Burnley, but most most top teams wouldn't. <laughs> Liverpool beat all the good teams and uh, lose all the the other teams. Oh, really got well, it. I suppose it's a better problem to have than it's an easier problem to solve than beating the big teams. And uh, well, in theory, it seems to be anyway, but uh, in practice, maybe not. 
Squad just isn't deep. Well, I hope is man, like... He had nobody off the bench to bring on today, Klopp. Just, it's like uh, somebody was saying the bench would say a kindergarten Klopp. the uh like i'd love if man united finished one point above liverpool and are like whatever two one or two points and that point that man united got at anfield and started the season means we've (laughs) we finished above you that'd be so brilliant like i'd love that so much but um i digress anyway let's let's move on to mma ideally liverpool uh get there on goal difference ahead of man united Man United, are, Man United are pretty close now. They're only two. Yeah, Liverpool two have thrown, thrown away so. that big goal difference lead. That was kind of an extra, an extra point in, in a way. If it had to come down to the wire, and it's kind of diminish, it's kind of going away now. But Liverpool have some games where they could put some goals, but uh, yeah, past some of these teams if uh, if they can stop losing. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Right. Let's let's get to us. I suppose we get straight into the, the main event of the USV, U, UFZ, UFC Nashville card at the weekend where uh, Artem Labov um, took on Cub Swanson over five rounds. And I think it was it was a fight that merely, maybe shocked a lot of people. I know a lot of people give, give Artem a shot, maybe at getting an early knockout. He has heavy hands and Cub is a very open fighter, but... And and he he definitely tried to do that, but I thought it was a you know it was a pretty even fight the whole way through. Even though from round one on, Cub you know he dominated large portions of the fight. I think the fourth was a little bit closer. But before we get into the actual dynamic of the fight and how it went itself, what were you? I know last week you kind of said Artem had a, had a really good shot at maybe knocking him out, maybe catching him. But you, did you think he had? What it t- took to like take Cub on and go full five rounds with him, and you know, give him give him all that he could he could take, really. Yeah, well, I kind of I, I kind of was saying that people were saying oh, I was the biggest mismatch, and this, this fight is a foregone conclusion. I was saying it wasn't, and even me even me saying that had people tweeting, being like, "Oh, who's that guy picking Artem Lobov?" Even though I clearly made it clear I was picking Cubs once, and people were up in arms that you'd even say Artem had a chance in the fight. So uh, I think I think Artem surprised a lot of people. Because people's expectations were were so low, like he he kind of be, he became like a meme, or he is a meme where people just slag Artem, and then uh, people don't actually realize that he's actually a good fighter as well. Yeah, and I think even afterwards, like, like people, some people just don't understand it. Like it's there, there's analysis, like we were talking about soccer as well. Like there's a lot of people try to you know do an analysis of soccer, and they just haven't a clue what's going on. Like. And I think there's a very similar thing to MMA as well. A lot of people, like, I had a guy telling me that Artem Labov was a punch bag for four rounds of that fight. I was like, how? <laughs> I think Zane Simon put up a stat that Artem Labov landed more significant strikes than Cub Swanson than anyone else in his whole career. So if that's a punching bag, geez, I wouldn't like to be punching a bag every day because you're getting hit a fair few times there. But uh, Yeah, what was it, 130, 140 strikes Artem landed? So uh, that's the... the... A punching bag doesn't hit back at all, so that's, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, was, it was just ridiculous. Like, but with, there's two ways of looking at this. Like, Cub Swanson obviously won the fight and won it pretty well, but like, as you were saying there, like, Artem Lava, people didn't expect Artem Lava to do what he did. And I think, you know, rightly so. Uh, like, we've talked about it a few times, and you, you've said it that, you know, Artem, you know, he wasn't really a full time pro until maybe the last year or two years and stuff because because of his record and because you know when you're not in the ufc or when you're not in belt or when you're not trying to get there like it's hard to put in for i think he, he's nine years a pro or something like that it's hard to put in all those years all the time giving it 100 percent effort when you're basically earning you know no money until you get to the ufc or to a belt or something like that and it's tough to do it but 
I think like the improvements that he has made in his game over the last while. I was talking to uh, Grabaka Hitman about the Fisher fight. I remember a few years ago, like, and he got, you know, he, he took a pretty bad beating in that fight, and he came back and won it again. Like, the show his he heart. Big head kick, yeah. He looked yeah. like he, he might have been going out, and he uh, toughed it out and came back. Yeah, look at that fighter, Din, who you know who who had a really like who got dominated by Andrew Fisher, who's a, who's a good fighter, but, you know, he's not up there with Cub Swanson. And look at the guy now who goes in there with Cub Swanson and lasts four rounds against Cub. I thought, I think yeah. it's... But he, even, even when Artem was in that Andrew Fisher fight, even though he might have been um, losing that fight, he still managed to turn it around and won yeah. by TKO in the end just through determination and, and toughness. I think people kind of didn't uh, realise how tough Artem is. They kind of thought, oh, Cub's going to hit him and he's going to go down and that'll be the end of him. And like people, people, even though not many, I don't think anybody was really uh, out on the limb picking our time to win the fight. But even the suggestion that it wasn't going to be a walkover had people up in arms, which is is just, it's just ridiculous, really. Like people just uh, jumping on that bandwagon of, of hating our time because he's uh, he's friends with Connor. Yeah, I, look, I think I still think, and I said it last week, and I, you know, I stick by it. I think it, this matchmaking was a bit weird. I mean, the matchmaking was made made because Artem is a guy who people like or dislike, and Cobb is a guy who people like in America say and dislike over here, or whatever the way you want to spin it. But they're known guys, and that's what they want headlining cards. But like the, the matchmaking, if you're going by a, a purely sporting point of view, which you really can't in MMA, was a bit weird, obviously, because Artem is what he was two and two in the UFC at the time. Cub Swanson's number four in the division, so it, it definitely was looking at it that way. But uh, it's fine saying that going in, but look at it coming out then, and the way the fight actually went down. You know, I I think it's it's very weird to say, and I think a lot of that has to maybe do as well with Brian Stan and the commentary. I thought it was, uh, like, I'm a huge uh, fan of Brian fan, uh, Brian Stan, but I thought his commentary was the worst it's ever been. I don't know. I don't know. Was he a little bit pissed off because he's on like the B team with Todd Grisham and stuff. Todd Grisham wasn't great either. He was, uh, I thought he was all right, but I don't know. I thought like Artem um, must have slept with his wife or something the way it was going. I yeah, know. it was, it was very bad. Like the way, and a lot of people, that's what they do as well. They listen to that. And I watched, I actually watched it back without the sound on just to make sure I wasn't spinning the whole fight going, what the fuck is he talking about? And I look, watch it back and, you know, I pretty much saw it the same way, but, did you before we get into actual fight? Did you see it the same way? Or do you think Stan was a bit weird? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't mention any of the leg kicks. Every time uh, Cub landed anything, he made it out. Oh, Artem's rocked, even though he wasn't. This is even in the first round when Artem was was pretty clearly winning the round. Yeah, uh, Artem would land and there'd be no reaction, and, and uh, Artem, Artem would land two or three, and he wouldn't say anything. And the second Cub threw anything, even if he didn't land, he was hyping that up. He must be friends with Cub, or I don't, I don't know what the situation is. I think he trained. Trained there at some stage, but uh, you think he'd be a professional and uh, not do that? But it's it, it's kind of disappointing, really, with Brian Stan because he was he was kind of started off kind of a bit a bit bad commentary and got good, and now he seems to be going back towards bad again. Yeah, I, I thought he was grand for all other fights. I I still think he's really good. I think it was just that fight. I don't know. Sometimes it, you can kind of the main event is not going well, like, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, that is it is a bit bad, all right, but. I suppose the fight itself, it was I thought it was a very watching it back. At the at the time it's kind of a hard fight to gauge what was actually happening at the time because there was so many changes in the fight, so many like ebbs and flows based on what Cub Swanson was doing more than anything really. But like 
Arting came out, and I talked about it last week, and I think a lot of people said it, that like the straight shots of Cub Swanson for Artem to counter them, whether he's going forward, whether he's going backwards, to land that big power shot. I think that was the main thing, and he tried to do that early, but to, to Cub's credit, he re- he really wasn't throwing that many jabs, and that's where the openings have always been. And he, if you look through the first couple of rounds, he threw maybe two or three jabs in all the time he was throwing the straight straight shots and Artem to be fair he adjusted very very well and he started throwing the right hook to to counter those right hands he started throwing to the body as you said the leg kicks were very very good and it took took time uh it took Cobb a lot of time to adjust but in the second round he did that I thought he adjusted very very well he stopped throwing those straight shots almost everything he was throwing had big power behind it he was throwing hooks uh right hook over the top especially in like the this kind of short left hook inside he like Artem was expecting him to play the long game and which he tried to do in the first round but then he started playing the speed game in the second round where he was kind of standing in the pocket he was fighting Artem in the pocket but he was beating him with speed and he was throwing those big shots and he knew that he could land first most of the time or land maybe three shots to Artem's one and that that's what was happening a lot but that one shot from Artem was still landing that's because keeping the fight competitive really because he was obviously giving Cobb chances by trying to counter and by trying to hit him and Cobb was giving him chances by doing that by you know not playing the long game by staying in there and Cobb got a little bit as it went into the third round Cobb got a little bit um more confident and he's like he started you know throwing the straight shots again that's why i think the fourth was a little bit closer watching back the fourth that one big like spinning back elbow from cub i don't think it actually landed i slowed it down it's very hard to see it kind of hits artem on the shoulder and kind of grazes off his head at the time i think oh that sealed him around because it looked like it nailed him but i don't think it actually did and artem landed one very very big uppercut so that you know i think i think a big turn a big turning point in the fight. I think it was the second round. Artem had a couple of chances to break the clinch in the middle of the cage when they were for, yeah, for he got taken down, and, he, yeah. and he got taken down stupidly. And he, he had a couple of chances to break there, more than a couple of chances to break. And then I thought when he got up, he seemed a little, he seemed to lost a good bit of gas getting up. And he, he, I think he had his back taken, and he managed to, to survive. And it, but he, he expended a good bit of energy in that. Um, yeah. So it may, the fight could have been very different if he had a if he hadn't got involved in in that clinch the clinch in the second round. I think. Yeah, yeah, and I like that's very true. Yeah, and I think the same thing kind of happened in the fifth. He got taken down late. You know, it was a cl- like nothing really happened in the fifth. I think Boca, our, our Cobb especially was very tired, but he did end up in the back in the end, and he hurt Artem as well. He hurt actually hurt him with a, a lovely kind of three shot combination, ended in a head kick, in then like a round where really nothing happened, and that was the biggest thing. And he took his back as well and got him down, so he definitely won that round as well. But yeah, it was you know it was a really good fight. Like Artem got Cobb down twice. I think Cobb. Cub got him down once, and the the second time twice, I think. Yeah, yeah. Was it was it twice? How did it happen the, in the fifth round? It was like a, throw, oh, it was a trip. It? Yeah, it was kind of a judo throw trip yeah. kind of job. Yeah, so two each. But yeah, I thought it was a, I thought it was a really good fight. Like I think what what really won it for for Cub was his ability to adjust better and like to see Artem's game plan and then change it up so Artem's game plan kind of wouldn't work and Artem would have to adjust but Cobb is more used to adjusting in his fights obviously you know he's that's what he is really he's an adjustment fighter he does that all the time and I think just the physical attributes as well you know Cobb is more you know he's a better athlete Artem kind of hits hard and stuff Cobb always talks about how he doesn't really hit that hard but he, you know he's fast he's elusive and all that and I think that's actually what won it for him more than anything really I think Artem got he, he, his left hand got tired, or his left arm got tired at uh, first. So he started throwing the right more, and then by the end he was just kind of 
it was all hurt and he'd obviously uh thrown everything at, at him by the end and as you say kind of nothing really happened in the fifth round and i think it, when they clinched up again it was more of a taking a rest yeah uh, and then cub kind of capitalized on and tripped him and kind of made made fully sure to fight then but i i, I think the judges already had or one of the judges had the first round for swanson which is a bit weird but um Artem needed to finish by then, but he just he didn't seem to have the 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 gas or the explosion to to knock uh, Swanson out at that stage. Yeah, but uh, I did, look, I think the the Artem's game plan, he kind of and a lot of game plan, not just Artem, but the, the way he kind of fought is for a first or second round knockout. And by the time he gets to the third, fourth, and fifth round, it's very tough to land that big shot, you know, especially against someone like Kobe, who's only been knocked out once in his whole career against Jose Aldo. Like, it's it's going to be additionally hard the whole way on. But what I thought was also impressive was like how, you know, I spoke about Artem's cardio. I thought it was very, very good. But he kept finding it's grand to have good cardio and kind of you might get sloppy or stuff, but he still. And he could have, because kind of that's how he, not sloppy, but he fought in in a more of elusive, unorthodox way before. Now he's 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 still a bit unorthodox, obviously, because he's it's just kind of his body shape as well. He holds his hands down low a lot of the time, but that kind of front hand now that he he uses for the, like the the snow axe bunch as well. He was keeping that up all night. Like that's something that's very like going forward, looking looking for Artem going forward. I think that's something that you know would bring him a lot of joy and bring his team a lot of joy to see that the fundamental changes he's made are staying there and just like a small thing like holding your front hand up like that and the fact that he kept doing it into the fifth round when they were both really really tired was i thought was a, a huge thing but yeah it was, it was like i think it was like an, an analyst dream that fight it was a really good fight just to see how like a guy like there's levels to this game and i think comes once and showed like why a, a top four fighter in the world is, you know, he's kind of better than someone who is maybe top 20, top 25 because of those physical advantages and because of this, you know, strategic uh, advantages as well, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I, I just, um, I kind of, it, it was kind of similar in a way to the Jeremy Stevens, Jeremy Stevens Cub Swanson fight. Yeah. It didn't have the same output, but, uh, you know, people will consider Jeremy Stevens like a more than legit fighter, and he kind of got got beaten in a similar way. But I, I don't know if people will give Lobov the credit just because they have the preconceived notions, and they're they're um, people aren't really a lot of people aren't open minded and don't change opinions that often. Flat Earth is real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I tend to agree. Look, Artem, I think fought better than anyone thought if you understand what actually happened in the fight and i think cub actually fought pretty well as well but i don't think cub is what he used to be you know he he was fast definitely faster than artem but like uh, i saw a few people talking like do you think that cub would beat holloway or, or aldo or, or give him a good fight i don't know i'm, I'm not sure no, i don't no, you know but he never he was he was always below, uh, uh, yeah. uh, below that he's always been he's always been like uh, not a top tier fighter yeah that, that's people overrate him a bit like uh, people when he he goes up and gets a few few fights in a row against a lower level people always kind of overhype him a bit i think yeah uh another thing we must mention as well a lot of people have been asking about it is john cavanagh not being in artem's corner and owen roddy look uh, i think the first thing about owen roddy like you have to give him props for as a striking coach like the improvements you've we've seen in artem obviously conor mcgregor one of the best strikers in the world 
was give him huge props. Like, I think he's unbelievable coaching. For John Kavanaugh, like, look, we give him a lot of props here when he obviously won coach of the year and, you know, we've lauded him a long time. But, like, to not be in, in your fighter's corner for a main event in the UFC, because I, I think he was on a book tour or something like that, was it? He's, he's in Australia. And I know, like, Artem kind of explained it before that, you know, he'd have booked and all beforehand. But, you know, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to, you know, acclaim someone for being the best coach in the world. You have to, you have to bring him up on this as well. Like I, th- I thought it was bad not to be in Artem's corner. Like I thought he should have been there. He should have been in Artem's corner. Like UFC main event. Like he doesn't have that many UFC fighters. What, like, what, maybe three or four now? And to miss out on that, like, uh, I thought it was a bit bad. And like, no, on Roddy, I thought did a great job. I think Richie Smolin was in his corner as well today. And I don't think it would have made much of a difference. But like, I think it's important to say that as well. You know, when Cub Swanson is like Greg Jackson in his corner as well, and they think you know, when you're in a fight like that, the biggest fight of your life, all uh, all help is necessary. I think. Yeah, even even for our time, just to feel comfortable, not that he's like missing something that he usually has in his corner, like he's. Just to keep him, he seemed very calm. Our time in fairness, before the fight, he looked he looked calmer than uh, Cub Swanson was uh, before the fight started. So it didn't seem to affect him in any way like that. That oh, I'm, I'm I'm missing something here. He's not like, you know, he doesn't he he doesn't seem to think oh I can't win if if John's not there. But yeah, I would have expected John to be there. Obviously, he had a book tour in Australia, but you kind of would have would have would have thought he would have uh, gone out of his way to to make sure that he was there, but. But uh, yeah, I don't think, as you say, I don't think it would have made much of a difference. Like uh, Roddy is is uh, the stri- is the striking coach. Like um, it was basically a striking match uh, for for most of the, most of the bout. And Roddy gave great advice. I thought uh, very calm as well in the, in his delivery and uh, between rounds. So uh, yeah, I don't, I, as you say, I don't think it would have, made, would have made much of a difference. But I was surprised that John wasn't there. Yeah, what, what do you think is next for Artem? Like a lot of people are saying, maybe either the winner or the loser of the BJ Pin didn't see her fight. Um, I think Charles Rose had be a really good fight. There, you know, some people saying do watch I maybe if they want a main event in Ireland. Jeremy Stevens. Do you think Jeremy? Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> that's uh, those that's, words. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah, that actually kind of does make sense. Do you think any of the other ones make sense? Would you like to see him? Um. Hmm. I'd like to see him against Duho Joy. Yeah. Uh, I, I think to see, like, a lot of people have always been talking about to see him. beat him on the ground, I'd say. You could take him down and beat him there. Who, Duho Choi? Yeah. Is he that if he bad? comes out with the same, with the same takedown defense he did against Cubs once, and he's, he, he, Artem could wrestle him. Maybe uh, he hits very, very hard on it's, if it's over three years. Yeah, but his well. ground game was, was non existent, I thought, <laughs> in the Cubs once fight. I was. Like you expect fighters, maybe you were good strikers to not be great on the ground, but he was. Uh, I thought Duo Choi was poor, very poor on the ground for a top level. Yeah, so, but yeah. uh, Artem is obviously not a submission specialist or anything. He does have the odd, the odd. Yeah, I think he had an armbar finish. He, I think he's he's better on the ground than Duo Choi. But uh, if you want to keep using Artem to to build guys into 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 um, contendership, then maybe they will do the Duo Choi fight. What about but, uh, I'd like to see the Jeremy Stevens. Bechtich, I think Bechtich would Bechtich yeah. wrestle heavy. It probably wouldn't be a great. It would probably be a boring fight. Possibly, um, yeah. I think there's a lot of good fights from there. Yeah, that Jeremy Stevens one, just because of the whole McGregor thing, and he's coming off of a loss or two as well, isn't he? He's kind of in a downward spiral of his career, and I'm sure like the two of them would just slug it out in the feet. Someone would probably get knocked out in that fight. I'd say. So yeah. 
I wouldn't mind seeing that. But I'm not sure if he's gonna gonna get another ranked opponent in this. A lot of people are kind of asking, and we probably have a few questions that are on. Do you think he should be ranked after this? And no, I don't know. Like if you look at the rankings, Edinburgh was 15. Like you know, yeah. uh, Bektich is 14. Yeah, Mike yeah. Hanna came in there after one one or two wins. I don't know why what he's doing ranked. Maybe just because he's, he's like 12 and hours ago, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, I think undefeated is probably plays into that a bit as well. Yeah. Yeah, but there, yeah, I think there's a lot of good fights there for him. And what what do you think about um Cubs next time? I know he called out the winner of of Aldo versus Holloway. Korean zombie. Korean zombie. Do you think so? So would you give the winner of Frankie and Yair the title shot? Uh well, Aldo's probably going to pull out before that if if history's anything to go by, and that'll be delayed. <laughs> so we'll, we'll 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 answer that question when we know what the situation is. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, um, yeah, I think you kind of you kind of have to as long as uh, that Holloway and Aldo fight goes ahead of scheduled. Yeah, I think they'd love to give Yair. Um, <laughs> I think they'd love to give Yair a title shot now if they could. Um, and if he wins, they probably will. I I can see him winning, but uh, Frankie could take him down as well. I think he's actually way better underground. We'll we'll talk about that fight a lot more when it comes up. I suppose, but that's actually a hard enough fight for me to pick. And I suppose maybe I'm not. I, I like Frankie Edgar. I'm a huge fan of Frankie Edgar, but I'm not. I think you are as kind of same as well. You don't think that he's the Jesus a lot of people make him out to be, and I think you know. I think he's big, he's just so hittable. He's yeah. so hittable. He hardly ever fights heavy strikers as well, and you know yeah, he's been protected from strikers. In fairness, <laughs> yeah. okay. European strikers. Since he's been protected since the Graham Maynard uh, incident. <laughs> <laughs> Ten eights all around, but yeah. I I I wouldn't mind seeing Cobb getting the title shot. Like I think he deserved one before yeah. Frank Edgar before and, and he didn't get it. Um when he was before that, sorry, before he fought Frank Edgar and he was on the six fight winning streak and um he didn't get it at that time. So I wouldn't mind seeing him getting one. You know, he's well, he's only three UFC losses in five or six years now, so yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him getting it. Although he has he lost badly to Aldo when he fought him in WC, like yeah, he's the only one who's lost. Oh no, he's not. That's incorrect. Sorry, McGregor's the only one to beat both of them, and he's lost to both of them. So that's a bit. Um, that's not the best way for him to go, I suppose. But uh, we, we'll see how it goes. Um, we'll have for me a few more questions at the end about uh, that fight, anyway, I suppose. But let's move on to a couple more fights in the card, and I suppose we we'll talk about the the coming event. Ali Quinta coming in against Diego Sanchez. I suppose there isn't that much really to talk about it. I went to throw a left hook, knocked him yeah. down. He got Diego, up. Diego doesn't have the same. Uh, he just doesn't have. He doesn't have it in him anymore. It seems he. He would have. Uh, he would have usually bit down on the 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 mouth guard and just came back swinging in them situations. But they, the shots seem to affect him more than more than them same shots would have affected him a few years ago, which is completely understandable. Under, with the wars he's been in, the amount of strikes he's taken to his head. So it was inevitable that he that his chin was going to go at some stage, but yeah, I like Winter with some with some very nice like he put him away. He can't like take much away from him. Like he did the job perfectly. Like he was two years out of the cage, which which can be which can be like detrimental to some guys when they when they take a even a year off. This is this is two years off where he's working as a realtor. He's not exactly training like a full full time fighter. I, I would I would suspect anyway. So so for him it was good to get back in there, but. I don't know what he was trying to pull after the fight. He thinks he's. I don't know what he's trying to trying to do. He. I think he's going about it really badly. His uh, fuck you UFC. Even though he about the bonuses and all. Even though he told Ariel Hawani on the MMA that he was ineligible for, for bonuses, so he knew he wasn't able to get a bonus, and then he still okay. tells him to 
fuck you and all this stuff. It's like, what's the stick here? I don't understand. It's some pro wrestling thing or something, is it? I don't know. What did he do in his press conference? I didn't see it. Not the press conference. The, the, in the fight, he was like, you want a house? Call me or something. It was just like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder. He sounded to me like a guy who was in like the last fight of his contract. From is he? I don't. I don't think he is. Is he? Was, well, they Sean, would be able to ban him from. I don't know. Maybe. They, yeah. Maybe they. I don't know. I'm not sure to be honest. Yeah. I, I'd like to see him fight Michael Chandler. That's all I'll say about it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I like Winter just kind of. He's from that camp that they kind of like to say more stuff than Actually, they believe. I think you know. Do you think Mike Chandler's stock is going down as as Will Brooks and and Eddie Alvarez kind of lost? Poor, like, kind of t- didn't turn out as some people might have hoped. Well, Eddie Alvarez so. ended up with the belt, but like, yeah, he, he lost pretty much all of the fights he had in the UFC before he got to the title shot. <laughs> that, that was insane. I don't think it is because the only people who know about that are the hardcore fans, and the hardcore fans love Michael Chandler anyway. So, I don't think that anything's going to change it. Like, and he was brilliant in his last fight as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I think he has improved. Yeah, and um, he's a good fighter, but yeah, I quint, um. Like I'd love to see him get a, a really good guy in the UFC. He's ranked. I think he's still ranked. Yeah, he's ranked number uh, fourteen at the moment. I'd love to see him fight. You know, someone like uh, Avenil or uh, Neil uh, Nate Diaz be a brilliant fight. Something like someone like that. But that's not going to happen. Um, if, if he is, if he is at a contract, if they could get him in, in Bellator, get Joe Duffy. If the UFC aren't interested, they could start building themselves a nice division there with Chandler and uh, Ferrer and yeah, like. You see, one 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 let too many guys go, go out of contract and go to Bellator. Like Joe Duffy was on, uh, told Noel McGrath talking brawls that uh, the UFC don't seem heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Undertaker was told that uh, <laughs> that um, Joe Duffy said the UFC is basically haven't shown any interest so far. They still have, uh, I think, not, I think it was ninety days in total. They have to, of exclusivity to offer a contract, and they still yeah. have some time left. But they're not a, uh, they're, they're not um knocking down his door or ringing ringing his phone or trying to mm-hmm. trying to get a deal done by the sense of things it's, it's gone a flatline on the old uh, communications and the, the very interesting thing for me with bellator is are they going to lose fighters in free agency as well because remember they lost uh you just said them there lost brooks and they lost eddie alvarez like will the next batch of them coming through will they go as well or will they you know will they rebound and stay with the resign with the, the with bellator reebok is a big thing since then as well is, yeah. you know i suppose yeah but that's interesting i'm looking forward to seeing that now you know because i think chandler signed the uh, signed the contract but you know he fights a lot in in the space of you know a year 18 months he could be out of contract again vincent henderson you know to be on the dave and busters ads as well and yeah. talking <laughs> to dave busters like oh my god it's michael chandler yeah. <laughs> and i said nobody ever yeah. <laughs> but, uh, we'll talk a bit about bellator as well in a while there was card at the weekend but diego what about diego sanchez first of all do you think oh. would you just like to see him retire yeah, I, I thought he should have retired a while ago, but I don't yeah. like to tell guys to retire, but, uh, like, what's left for him? Like, he's not making another run at at the 45 belt, which he dropped down and came back up. He's not making another run at the 55 belt. He's not making another run at 70. He's not making a run anywhere. Maybe Bellator could pay him a lot of money, but he'd just be there so people can make a name off him, really, wouldn't he? It's, it's not really in his, uh, in his, his interest. Maybe it's in his financial interest, but it's not in his... Uh, long-term life and health interest to uh to uh continue i don't think 
Yeah, like Diego Sanchez is the type of guy that would be brilliant going to those Bellator live events, you know, at Dave and Buster's and stuff. Like, go and do that. Get it, you know, get yourself <laughs> five or six grand, like six times a year. Just like Diego Sanchez, I hate to say it, like, but he is going to be one of the, the test subjects for like CTE and MMA in a few years. And I, it's sad yeah, to say, it, like, yeah. he is. I'd be surprised he, if he doesn't have it, to be honest. Yeah, he definitely, like, he has taken unbelievable. Like, he put up, I was. Like it was a bit, it was a bit sad. Like he put up this tweet uh, yesterday after he saw it. Like I took fish oil, and you know Diego's a bit weird. He's on all these fads and things. And I took fish oil, my head, my, you know, my. I went to the hospital and got checked out. Everything's okay, and this is gonna help me. And I was like, Jesus, there's no amount of fish oil in the world that's gonna, you know, fix the damage that Diego's taken to his head. Like, and, you know, it's. It's very unfortunate. Now, he was Diego's always a weirdo. Like even before, you know, he, when he was like ten and all, when he had taken any any damage or anything, when he was in the tough, and he was basically a wrestler taking people down. But he's taken a whole lot. Gone from like that BJ pin fight, you know, to Martin Campman to yeah Gilbert. Sure, I said last week a few few fights ago, he'd absorbed a thousand strikes to the head in yeah. the UFC alone. Like, and he's absorbed even more in the in the recent fights since then. So. That doesn't include the ultimate fighter. That doesn't include that doesn't include regional. So yeah, Diego Sanchez needs to retire. Like uh, I think I think um, there's nothing left for him really. Like he's not making look. He's not making boatloads of money. It's it's. I don't think it's worth it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, OSP subbed. Marcos Rogerio de Lima with a Van Fluchok. But you show is that the shoulder of death that you call it? Yeah, what's it uh, the oh, shoulder of justice. Justice. Oh yeah, that's it. The, uh, oh, it's pre- the, the Ovens Van Flu. Ovens Van Flu. Oh, is that what he called it? Or the Saint? No, I don't know. The Saint Saint Von Pru, I think he called it or something like that. Oh, wants the Saint Flu. Okay, I like that. Uh, it's like he got not Nikita Krylov with the same uh, yeah. Von Flu choke. Uh, People getting caught on food jokes. You just got to let go of the guillotine you have yourself. But did you see and what then... he did? Did you see what he did? Though? I was watching it back. He held in the guillotine with his hand. I was noticing. I don't think anyone mentioned it. If you go and watch it back, right, your man is has the guillotine on, right, and he obviously. If you don't know what a von Fluchok is, it's basically someone else's guillotine you, and you choke them with their own guillotine. Basically, it's hard to explain. I'm not a jiu-jitsu expert, but your man couldn't have let go of the guillotine because he was Ovance was holding his hand in. He was holding the guillotine in. I'd never seen it before. I think it was brilliant. I think I didn't notice that. But was he doing that the whole time or just at the end? I think uh, not just at the end. Well, your man was going for it, and you know, Oven started holding in, and then he went for the for the Von Flue joke. So yeah, I thought it was really smart. You know, I don't think he was given credit for that. Maybe you know, someone Luke Thomas or something might do a breakdown of it, and someone probably noticed that and and explain it better than I can. But I definitely saw that. Like he was holding that hand in, he was holding the guillotine in place, and I think that's intelligent. Like because if you're someone like him who was good at them, and you find a way at them. That's the thing with the Von Fluchok, as you said, it's people letting go, getting out of it. If you stop them letting go and they can't get out of it, then it becomes like a legit move. But um, yeah, I th- he's still terrible. Though. Ovan Sambrou is one of the worst fighters in the UFC. I don't know how he wins <laughs> fights. He just, like, he can't just, he can't throw punches. Been, I think. Uh, he, he looked in better shape, but he's, he, <laughs> yeah. his hands go up in the air in a really weird manner every time he He's a terrible shot as well. He, he seems to, since he knocked out Shogun on on his back foot, he seems to think he's a striker now, even though he's clearly, he, he's way better as a, as a wrestler, ground and pound submission guy. But he seems, maybe this is a wake-up call that in the last couple of fights he's he's uh, he's had, he's been knocked out and he's been outstruck by people who are below him on the uh, on the rankings. And I'm sure in, in his head they're below him. So maybe, maybe that'll prompt him to go back to his uh, 
natural game and fight with a bit of better fight IQ. Yeah. No, not gonna happen. He's terrible. Um <laughs> Right. <laughs> we'll talk about a few more of these cards. John Dodson against Steady Wineland. Not much to talk about on that one. I think John Dodson just used his speed to be Wineland. Oh, Dodson's <laughs> so frustrating. Yeah. Just trying to counter. Fight. And then he, in the third round, he didn't even bother trying to counter. He just did nothing. He should be fighting at 25. Like he's too, he should be fighting at 115, really. Like he, and he should wear some 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 shorts that fit him as well. <laughs> he wears like shorts Baby that are eight sizes too big for him. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I don't think Reebok two sizes that small. He's a tiny man. But one thing, <laughs> one thing with Eddie Wineland as well. You know, it's funny when you're like a five foot five bantamweight like Eddie Wineland, and then you have to fight a big man's game. Like it's it's unnatural to you. It's like uh, like he's imagine very if, tall as well though, doesn't yeah. he? Imagine if Stefan Shrew was fighting someone eight foot, like it'd be weird for him to fight someone <laughs> bigger than him. Like it's weird for anyone then to fight someone smaller than him. You're, you've been a small person all your life and you come in against this smaller person now and it's just impossible. And I think like for like everyone who he fights, he's usually faster than him. Like who he trains with, he, he's usually smaller than him. He has to use his speed. But against John Dodson, that's the worst thing you can do. And I think that's basically why he lost, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, well, wasn't the greatest fight. I had Jan Dodson backed via decision, so that's okay. Dodson's usually happy enough to um, to just do enough <laughs> to, to rely to rely on the judges a lot, but he mm. he has a way of uh, he has a way of of getting the job done on the judges. Like usually, even if the fight isn't that close, you'd be worried about the judges' scorecard. But he has a way of just edging the rounds. He's so hard to he's so hard to hit, and. Uh, He's so hard to, to take down as well. Like he's, he's very hard to take down. Maybe he's very he's even harder to keep down. He springs straight back up if you do get him down temporarily. He should go back down to one twenty five and fight Tim Elliott. Boom. I think Tim Elliott probably beats him at this stage. To be honest. Ooh. Tim Tim Elliott is Tim Elliott's better than ever. I think. Yeah, he's improved an awful lot. He has. Definitely. I think that confidence, the confidence he got from the Ultimate Fighter, or, or maybe even beating a few guys under the, the regional scene, kind of banging a few guys out. Real quick wins, gave him a bit of confidence. What goes on the Ultimate Fighter? Hate wins him. all them, wins all them fights, and then you know puts it up to Demetrius Johnson. Pretty pretty close, pretty close rounds there in in, in that fight, and he like you know he he definitely made Demetrius Johnson work for that. Yeah, and I then in the Smoker so. fight, I, I don't like as you were saying, like Smoker was probably the he would have picked Smoker a year before if the fight had happened a year before it happened. But the fact that it happened then, I picked Elliot because Elliot's just. He, he seems he seems um, rejuvenated rejuvenated since he since he went off to the UFC got a few wins and came back. Like some guys think it's the end of the world when they get caught from the UFC. Oh no, got caught from the UFC. Like maybe they they kind of they don't try as hard. They think they're maybe better than the regional guys, and then they end up maybe losing to, to somebody they shouldn't lose on the regional scene. But other guys they use as motivation to go out and they put a few finishes together, and then they come back in the UFC and they're actually better. And it turns out that uh, maybe the UFC were right and they did need to go off and. Yeah. Refine a few things and come back. That is true. Stevie fucking Ray as well got the win over Joe Lozan, and <laughs> I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I thought, Brilliant. yeah, I like I was kind of going the way I thought it would. I thought Stevie'd do pretty well, and then I thought it'd go to the ground, and Joe Lozan mm. to catch him. But he defended very, very well. Whether you know whether the storm got through it and came back to win the second and third. Um, did did you uh, did you score for Stevie Ray? Did you have a ten? Uh, I actually, we, I was doing PTs watching it last night. And we kind of we kind of got distracted during that fight, but I watched it again tonight uh, on the, the the replay on BT before we started the podcast. And uh, yeah, now it was. I knew I knew I, I enjoyed the fight the first time, kind of half watching it, but uh, it was a really good fight. Stevie Ray like get getting ground down to dust in the first round, and the readjustments he made. It was great corner advice for him to 
to just stick to boxing. Even even though yeah. he did throw a few kicks, even though his coach told him, even if the kick is open, do not throw it. Yeah. And he, he couldn't help himself a couple of times, but he basically yeah. stuck to the hands and just moved and jabbed and and put combinations together and deservedly won the fight. Yeah. I thought James Doolan and the lads there in his corner did just a phenomenal job. I yeah. thought the corning was very good on him. Tate did a great job as well with uh, Dan Daw. We'll talk about that later. But Stevie Rez corner did a brilliant job. You know, he he wasn't throwing a kick and he didn't he threw one and got taken down, but he still managed to win the round. And in the third, then Lozon kind of, he put it all into the first round or two and he was very tired in the third, especially tired enough in the second as well. And Stevie Ray went out and... and uh, for me, got the ten eight. You know, it's weird because it's the new scoring system now. So no, it's the old. It was the old. Or, no, sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, the old. I mean, and in the new scoring system, it's they're definitely ten eight. It's both of them, but in it, you know, you don't know what these guys are saying. Maybe they're saying everything's a fucking ten nine. So, um, and someone did give someone gave a ten nine to somewhere or something. There was one weird score anyway. Go back and look at them there. It was a draw. It was one draw and yeah. yeah. One of them gave it a draw. So one of them would have given Lozon a uh a ten eight first round and only a ten nine to Stevie Ray in the third. Yeah. But yeah, it's you know, really good fight. And uh, like Stevie Ray's improving all the time. His debut was very impressive and you know, he's a couple of fights now into the UFC and he's one of these guys that's gonna keep improving, improving. You know, Joe Lozon isn't you know, it's no mean feat to beat Joe Lozon, especially after losing ten eight in the first round. So yeah, uh, fair play to Stevie Ray doing uh doing the Kelts proud and we're we're gonna claim him if he gets, if he keeps uh, <laughs> getting better. So, um Mike Perry as well, went in there was looked terrible enough in the first round, got taken down by Jake <laughs> and then knocked him out with a vicious elbow to the face. Just it looked like a forearm, it. did it? Yeah, more it than was, an elbow. Yeah, it was it, everybody kind of said elbow, but it looked more than yeah. popping a forearm kind of. It was an animalistic one, anyway. Yeah, it was <laughs> he was down, he's down for a while as well, but thankfully uh, mm-hmm. he's uh, he's, he's all right. Mike Perry to me is like Conor McGregor without the intelligence. And like he just has the power, <laughs> and, and uh, he just throws it all the time. Like he's not really good at walking guys down, cutting off the cage. He's takedown defense is just terrible, and he takes loads of shots. Doesn't really defend. Doesn't use his his feet to get back and defend. But he has the power, and that power is the the equalizer that he needs. And he's not afraid to throw it. You know that's the biggest problem. A lot of people in MMA are too intelligent, and you know, but he's not. He, that's definitely not Mike Perry's. Uh, Mike Perry's issue anyway. He's stupid <laughs> enough to fucking throw. You ask Mike Perry to dig a hole, he'll keep going till he's Australia, and he'll turn around and fill it in for you. You know, he's one of them lads. But uh, yeah, big knockout. Jake Ellenberger should definitely retire as well. He's taking a fucking load of damage. Yeah, he he would have taken that shot in the past, I think, um, and maybe maybe he would have he would have been dropped, but uh, he went out hard and stayed out for a while. That's not a good sign. And um, I think people were calling for him to kind of maybe maybe take a look at re- retiring before when he was with Edmund, but then the the, the Matt Brown win kind of was rejuvenating for him. But I don't think I don't think it's the case where kind of like Diego Sanchez, where it's like get this man out of the cage, but. Um, yeah. I don't know how much Ellenberg is making either. I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it for the the long term, the long term for him. Yeah, that's true. Uh, lettuce versus Alvi, not a great fight. Talis Lettuce kind of won on the feet there. Alvi kind of counter basically again. Yeah, just awful. Daniel Taylor against Jessica Pinney, not a not a great fight. Uh, Taylor won that one. Scott Holtzman did a good job, dominated against Michael McBride, who was absolutely terrible. Um, <laughs> Hector Sandoval match, I didn't see that, but it was a big uh, KO for Hector. We'll talk about a couple more of these fights. Uh, Brandon Moreno, 
another very, very good submission win for Brandon Moreno against Dustin Ortiz, who has never been, I don't think he's ever finished in the UFC, but uh, something like that. Um, yeah. yeah. Moreno looked in the best shape he's ever looked as well. Like, I, I, we kind of criticized him for, for not being in shape, really being a bit pudgy and not having cardio, but he, he looked in way better shape. He looked like a different guy. He actually looked like yeah. a different person. Moreno looked, it was a bit weird because he's really good on the ground, but he was doing everything he could not to get on the ground. You know, Ortiz's second round was like, just go down and get him with a guillotine. Every time he's going in, you know he's going to go in. Just get the guillotine on and, and choke him. But he seemed to want to show off his striking. His striking actually looked pretty good, although he's a bit of that uh, Eric Perez striking where he's, you know, he's all like flashing. Yeah, it looks, you know, it looks good. And then he gets, uh, someone throws a punch at him and he nearly gets fucking knocked out. But yeah, he's he's dangerous. Like, because he's striking, he's good. It is looking flashy. It is improving. And he's just a whiz on the ground. Unbelievable on the ground. Um, and you know he's he's going to be fighting Demetrius Johnson if he probably wins one more fight. That that's just the reality of the situation here, and uh, for I for one look forward to that because if that goes to the ground, Moreno could be dangerous, but he probably won't. He'll just get destroyed by him again. But uh, these things happen. <laughs> um, Brian Barberina against Joe Proctor. Barberina, the the prospect killer, comes and does it again against Joe Proctor. I want to see him fighting Dia Casey. I know this was at welterweight and Dia Casey's lightweight, but Barberina's fought lightweight before. The legend or the the prospect killer. Against DAK, see the prospects. I think it makes sense. What do you think? Um, no, I don't really think. I think I think you want to go higher for Jacasey. Really? Okay. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I like Brian Barberino though. He like I think he's a scalp now. He's beaten a lot of good guys. You know, beating Sage, beating uh, Warley Alves, beating Joe Proctor's no mug. You know. I think yeah. Be a good fight. I don't think they're on the level of, of Jacasey in terms of. Anything. <laughs> yeah, he guess he's very good. Yeah, that is true. Okay, fair enough. And what about the worst, one of the worst fights ever seen in UFC history? I was the only one to score uh, Cindy da- da- Dan Dwight the win over Alexis Davis on MMA decisions. And I might have been temporarily, temporarily insane there for a while. But uh, I like it was just a terrible fight. She is the worst striking I've ever seen in the UFC. Fucking high scraping. <laughs> like, it was just horrendous horrendously bad um i personally i thought she won the third round because she because she got those takedowns and like davis was attacking but it's effective grappling for me and uh, she what did she do that was effective really you know she 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 was going for it but she didn't do anything like she was she, she struggled to get out of from Dandoa um, holding her down, you know, she, she went for a few submissions. She got nothing. Like she wasn't making huge efforts. She wasn't locking anything in or anything. And you know, it was a fifty-fifty one to be honest. I, I just don't think Davis did enough. But everyone else disagreed with me, and and Davis did take the win. So I'm, I'm willing to say I was wrong on that one. But yeah, just a uh, uh, like I thought Davis, like Cindy Dandoa is absolutely rubbish. Like just a terrible, terrible fighter. And Alexis Davis almost lost to her. So I uh, don't know what uh, yeah, Alexis Davis like had a child and stuff before her last fight, and she's, this is right the, really the first big full camp she's had. But um, I think her priorities might be elsewhere. I think she's maybe just doing it for the money at the moment because she was someone who was re- looking really good before she fought Ronda, and now she's looking really really bad. Yeah, yeah, that was just a terrible fight. Two two not good fighters. Uh, in a bad fight. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, what about the Bellator card? AJ McKee got a big knockout, didn't he? Yeah, left head kick knockout, and he uh, called out uh, his his Irish fans and his biggest fan, James Gallagher, afterwards. Did you just call him Gallagher? Gallagher. Yeah, good man. Gallagher. 
Gallagher. I hate that. That that's my fucking pet peeve. I hate that shit. And Ka- Kavanaugh as well. I hate that shit. Call, his name is Kavanaugh. His name is Gallagher. Call him by their fucking names. Uh, yeah. Sean Sheehan. <laughs> that's all right, dog. That's funny. Um, yeah, I didn't see the full fight, but I saw the knockout. It was it was a pretty good knockout. They seem to be um given guys harder fights these days apart from mvp um you know they've got her against um young Chita. prospect uh, mvp <laughs> exactly yeah. they, they've given aaron pico a fairly tough fight as well for his his first uh his first outing i think the guy is like eight and four eight and two or something like that so you know a lot of fights under his belt there so that, that's you know not they must have something we don't about more than, doesn't say about him. More, <laughs> more than likely but still you know the fair play to him and uh, i think that's that's good in a way you need to test these guys you know if they're not able for it they're not able for it, and that's just the end of it but um yeah i could see that high fight happening you know i do i I think we talked about it maybe a couple of months ago, and I said maybe not. Uh, but the way things have been changing, maybe so. Um, Which fight? The James Gallagher AJ McKee fight. Oh, the AJ McKee. Sorry, talking about Pico there. Um, yeah, uh, it seems like the, 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 you, you would think that they try to keep the two biggest prospects away from each other for for a little while longer. But they seem to have shown an interest in the fight all along, Bellator and Scott Coker. Yeah. He'd never try to say, "Ah, oh, we'll, we'll wait and see." He's always been to say, "Yeah, if the fans want it, we'll, we'll make it," kind of kind of thing. So um, it looks, it kind of looks inevitable to happen as long as both of them keep winning. Um, maybe you're right. Maybe if if, if the Chinzo Machida fight, uh, if James puts away Chinzo Machida, then they're both coming coming off uh, big wins or notable notable wins, and maybe it is a time to make it in uh, in. Um, in Dublin for the next time to come back to Dublin would be mm. ideal, I think. Yeah, I like that. I like that. But yeah, I suppose we'll talk we'll talk about that uh, more as it comes along. The main event then was uh Pitbull. Patricio Pitbull, wasn't it? Against uh Daniel Strauss. Well, was it the fourth or fifth time they fought? It was the fourth time. Fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Um it was a, it was a pretty good fight. Um Pitbull ended up winning it uh by how did he win it again? Guillotine, wasn't it? Oh, he did, yeah, yeah. An arm in guillotine, he choked him, yeah. Very, very good. Um, yeah, very good. It was a good fight. Like, uh, I think Strauss, there was a little bit of ring rust there. He hasn't fought in a while, and, and he um, he came in, you know. It, it's tough as well, maybe against the guys. Who, it's their fourth time fighting, and they're so used to each other kind of just coming in. Maybe it's hard to get up for it. Maybe it's you're thinking it's going to go the same way as it did before, and um, and then Pitbull comes out and, you know, finishes you off with... Uh, in in start of the second wasn't it so yeah pretty yeah. good good submission and stuff you know good um good shout outs and stuff afterwards a good celebration pretty good fight it's funny the way the the announcer nearly called it or started to call out his brother's name like he is the worst announcer in mma i've said it like for a long time here but he's the irish mma shows is not really. No, I haven't actually. No, Have you, you were at Bama, weren't you? <laughs> I was at Bama. Yeah, why? That, that dude is English, and he that does the Bama. Buddy, your man, Buddy. Buddy, yeah, he's terrible. Yeah, he, no, he's not as bad as he's not as bad as Michael. Oh, he's fairly bad, all right. <laughs> <laughs> There's some really bad ones. You turn tune into a random stream, and some some night yeah. UFC is not, and some yeah, of the worst. That Mike C. William, he's just the nine of Bellator one forty five championship, and he he talks like that normally. You see him when he's doing the press conference, I'm like, what are you doing <laughs> doofus doing the press conferences? Press conferences, like he's just awful. But uh, yeah, 
we'll talk about it again because um, we need to keep talking about it. Bellator not being on Irish or English television. Yeah. And Jimmy Smith is really good. Is really good. I think Jimmy Smith is really good commentary for Bellator. He's uh, but he he says uh, that every guy is like wrestling with a grappling with a fire hydrant. But we, we, <laughs> can, get over, we can get over that because it is funny and it, yeah. uh, it's a funny it's a funny thing to say. But he does say it a bit much. But yeah. um, the new the new guy uh, Sean Grand is that his name? Yeah, I think so. He's not yeah. new anymore. We've been around for a while. But awesome. they got rid of Wheelock for no reason. Uh, Wheelock and Jimmy Smith had a good chemistry and. Uh, uh, Wheelock understood the game uh, of MMA a lot better than uh, the new Sean Grand. I don't know what that was about. Uh, that was a bad choice. But Jimmy Smith is very good. If if you get somebody in beside Jimmy Smith who had a good chemistry with him, like like Sean Wheelock, if they could just get Sean Wheelock back, that'd be better. Um, yeah. Good commentary really adds to the fight. Like uh, people were really pissed off after the Artem uh, Cups fight because Brian Stan blew the blew the call. It ruins the fight for people, so you need to have good commentary. Um, like the the commentary on like some of the Bamas and the the Cage Warriors and stuff is terrible. Like it, it, sometimes you just mute it and just watch. It's just ruining the fight for you. It's important to get people who are good who are good at a commentary. It it makes your 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 brand. Even if you're you're the fight to the best fight of the year, the commentary can ruin it. Yeah, like I think that's the one thing that made Gagers actually really great back in the day because they had really good commentary. I yeah. think Brad Warren is really good. Gordon and Warren were very good together. Yeah, yeah. Even that time they brought in Jens Pol- Pulver, he was very good. At that I think he was only there once, maybe maybe twice. I think, but he was really really good at it as well. I don't even know who the guys doing the Bama commentary are. Yeah, oh, that, really I, I don't know who that, that kind of old uh, British lad is. Is, yeah. is he British? Is he? I don't know. He's, he's not bad actually. He's okay. I, I, I think. But it's the other guy. It's like he says. He says. He says like right, every time when he turns on left hook, he says right hook, and every time like it's just <laughs> you can't get anything right. It's awful. Yeah, I suppose so well, off putting. You just have to turn it down and just watch it. Like. What? Do, how do we get Bellator on TV here? How do we do it? Like have to bombard Spike. I don't know. You think because they're Viacom that this is like a massive leg up in getting TV deals sorted, but it seems to not. It seems to not be at all. I don't, I don't know what's going on. It's it's the other way around. It's detrimental from because they don't give a shit about them. They're a, a, an American uh, product, and we're going to just play them on repeat in a couple of weeks. This is just a TV show for them. You know, it's not a sport to them. They don't look at it that way. But they have nothing else of value that anybody's tuning in for Spike yeah. TV. Nobody's going in like nobody's. Oh, where's my whatever I was trying to find on Spike TV? Why is this Bellator on? Like, I don't. I don't think there's anything of of like. There's, there's nothing that trumps a live MMA card. Like people will watch it. Like it, it, people want to watch it. People need to bombard them, tweet them, you know, do everything, send them emails. Yeah. That, that's, Twitter that, at Spike yeah. TV UK. Yeah. I think it's not a better thing. Like we we talked about this a few months ago. Like there's no one in the world who's talked about this more than we have in this fucking podcast. We like I've been talking about it for fucking years, beating the drum all the time. But I really think this is about like Bellator want to be on TV. I think I placed it at Bellator for a long time, but I think it's a bit misplaced to be honest. It's it's Spike TV UK. Those are the ones, you know. Bellator want their products on the TV here. You know that's why Scott Coker is, you know, acting like he doesn't have a clue what's going. On. He knows well. It's just that he doesn't want to say it. Like he doesn't want to get in their bad books to, to get rid of any chances he'd ever have of it. Well, what's why won't they just stream it then? That's what I don't understand. Like they had a card in Budapest. Brian Moore fought. Nobody could possibly, even if nobody in the world could have watched that, even if they wanted to. Yeah, it makes sense. Maybe like. Yeah, maybe if they weren't Viacom, they they could go with Air Sports, or maybe they could still go with Air Sports. 
or BT or anybody, Dave, any of there's a lot of these random channels on, on Sky Sports that they could go on. But Viacom is obviously uh, the parent company of Spike uh, Spike TV UK. You think it would be it, it would be it'd be easy to get done, but obviously it isn't. So get onto Twitter and start bombarding at Spike TV UK and email them and ring them and make it make their life miserable until they uh, until they start showing live TV or the, the TV thing is is makes sense. Okay, maybe that's true. Bellator are saying this isn't our. This isn't, we, we can't do anything about this. But that doesn't explain why you're not streaming it. And yeah. that doesn't explain why you blocked the stream in Ireland, even mm. when you are streaming the US shows. That makes no sense. Like I asked Scott Coker about that. He didn't know that was happening according to him, which would seem negligent to not know that if if that's true. So I assume that isn't true when he's just fobbing me off. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what happened, yeah. But look... We we have we thought people probably sick about us talking about it like it's, but I think that's really the way it changed. That's how things get done in MMA. Look yeah. look how I got Neil Siri into the UFC by. by <laughs> look, <those> are, <laughs> I couldn't throw a punch before before that. <laughs> I got. <yeah. laughs> oh, yeah, but yeah, do it, lads, do it, and tag us as well. Really, really retweet it because you know. Thank Sean. Thank Sean. Right. We're getting fucking a bit long here, so we'll 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 run through these pretty quickly. Before we talk about DC and Jones, let's talk about the World Series, <laughs> World Series of Fighting, which is going to be rebanded the Professional Fighters League. Um, I have a few thoughts about this. Like, my first thought was fair play to them; they're they're trying something, uh, and I hope it goes well for them. And my second thought is this is not going to go well for them at all. It's just going to be. A terrible and when I say, like the IFL except they have nowhere near as much money as the IFL did yeah <laughs> like uh, yeah look the IFL tried to do it um, Bellator tried to do a similar thing under the uh, Bjorn Ribney regime they're doing a similar enough thing and they're obviously changing what they were doing before but yeah if they, if they can make kind of a series out of it what, look some of their things here let me just read off the they gave <laughs> They gave a quote to Ariel and stuff. They want every fighter to have regular fights, no less than three scheduled here, which weren't happening, you know, up until now. Every fighter re- receive a regular paycheck each month, which which is great if it could happen. Every fighter will have an opportunity to become champion, which obviously it's going to be this uh, tournament kind of, kind of format. And obviously, as I said, they're going to rename World Series Fighting Professional Fighters League, and it's going to be all different weight classes, new champions. They're going to fight in a tournament style, and there'll be a winner like every year or whatever and they'll be the champion then but um yeah what are your thoughts just same old idea and it's not going to work or fair play to them for trying to it's kind of it's, it's wait and see what happens uh, if they if they can deliver on paying paying a monthly wage who knows what that wage is it could be it could be a fiver if you specify <laughs> but <laughs> but like as long as <laughs> are they an MMA web an MMA website or that <laughs> you'd be doing well to get that um, I take it <laughs> yeah <laughs> like give them a chance it doesn't it sounds like um, this has been tried and failed before but maybe they didn't they see something that they're not telling us or um uh, I don't see it going well but. But we'll wait, wait and see. I don't want to, don't want to like rule it out. Maybe they, maybe they have something to just leave that we haven't seen before from IFL or from Bellator. But uh, that got very stale very quickly. Like, and especially in Bellator, it seemed like the same guys were in the tournaments fighting each other constantly. 
Every time I turned my camera around, Rick Hawn was fighting away there in it. Yeah, and <laughs> King Mocha losing every time and stuff, didn't he? Wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, they kept trying to position guys to get to the final and they kept losing. They kept losing, yeah, that just, that happens. There's, there's going to be injuries as well, like these tournaments are just going to fall apart. Remember the Strike Force Heavyweight Grand Prix that just fell apart at the yeah. scene? Every right? tournament in the history of tournaments has fallen apart. <laughs> Yeah, that is true. But look, fair play to them. They're more than likely going to go out of business. I've been saying that for like the last three years, so maybe not. And but they recently got kind of bought out by someone, didn't they? And uh, they kind of consumed their debt or whatever. So I yes. don't know where I heard. I don't know where I heard this or saw this, but I heard they had twenty five million raised. But that doesn't sound like a lot of money if you're going to try and challenge Bellator and UFC. It sounds like a lot of money, but it doesn't sound like a lot of money compared to Bellator, Viacom, and, and four fucking me. billion. Four billion. Yeah, sure. Dana said. Viacom have four billion in cash bagging around, haven't they? Yeah, just in their back bathing in cash, like just rolling around. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was five. Oh, was it more? Was it twenty billion? No, uh, no. it's Viacom. billions of cash. Anyway, they just they just have billions of cash everywhere they go. It's everywhere, yeah. Scott Coker. I remember him going around Dublin out of a fucking Mercedes, just like sla- slapping cash out of his hands, going around so slapping people. people with cash. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, poor people throwing fivers at knackers on the on the street. <laughs> <laughs> buy yourself some clothes but yeah <laughs> these things are right let's move on to uh john jones and uh daniel cormier which ariel Easy. announced was going to happen on ufc 214 hasn't been confirmed by the ufc yet so we'll uh we'll read around on that one but usually when ariel says something's happening it's, it's happening um yeah. what are your thoughts on it first john jones was obviously offered uh either this fight against dc or a tune-up fight do you think he's taking the right option here um yeah i think um i think he's better than dc everywhere so if 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 it was johnson maybe he'd want to uh he'd want to take a if johnson had beaten anthony johnson had beaten cormier and not retired maybe he would want to take a a warm-up but the 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 chances i think i think it's just a nice style matchup he's better everywhere than cormier he wrestled him the first time even threw him on his face like just just beat him at his own game yeah, I, I like. And he'll I do think, that again. I'd say. Yeah, I agree with you. I think John should have taken um, a tune-up though, but I'm glad he didn't because I think this is the best shot we have of John Jones actually being put up against it because he could be off a little. But remember that OSP fight? He didn't look that great. Although he kind of Jones tends to fight up to the level. If there's someone really good against him, he'll fight really well. Although he, recently, anyway, even that Rashad Evans fight when Rashad didn't fight great, Jones kind of he did enough to beat him. You know, kind of like John Dodson. But sometimes he does that. Not every time. It's obviously ruins Machida and ruins Rampage and other people. But he's been out for a while. Had a lot of trouble before that yeah. as well. Uh, he could do that again. Like yeah. and Daniel Cormier is good enough. I think to take advantage of that if he can do that, and he saw that last time, and maybe he's hoping that happens again. And if it does happen again, I think he'll be um he'll be well able to you know to have plan for it and everything. So that's one thing. But I agree with you, John Jones is better than him everywhere else. Ever sorry, John Jones is better than him everywhere. And if it's an even fight, if Jones you know isn't off, I think he will beat him. It's a little bit like Aldo. Aldo and Edgar at that time when Aldo was coming back from the McGregor knockout, like how uh, the question was, Aldo is obviously better than him everywhere, but how will Aldo look re- rebounding from this? And I think it's kind of a similar thing going in here. Yeah, it's more of a, it's more of an extenuating circumstances thing that could could win it for Cormier rather than rather than the matchup being favorable or the, the skill level being. He doesn't have an advantage anywhere, I don't think. 
Um, like in the first fight, I watched it back again there recently. Some dirty boxing, maybe. Yeah. yeah, there was like he he actually did better than I thought initially, and then I thought he would go into it as well. Um, but still, but Jones you know, chose to Jones fight him at his own game. I think if yeah. Jones fought the smart game plan to his strength, to Jones Jones's own strength, he would have he would have won even handier. Jones has said as well, he's been working on his jiu-jitsu an awful lot. That's basically all he's been doing, working on his ground game. And that's something he kind of needed to work on as well, because everything, you know, Jones was sobbing lads, like, and he didn't really know how to do it. Yeah, no, he was, yeah. Like, I remember Brian Sand now that we talk about it on Joe Rogan's podcast, and he said he went into one of his fights, and, like, he'd barely trained or anything, and he just went up and just tuned up. I think it was Ryan Bader or maybe Stephen Bonner or one of them, and he's like, how is this kid doing this? Like, he can barely, you know, he can, can't even throw a punch properly on the on the punching bag like and he's going in here destroying this high level guy like imagine you put that and then you have like high level jujitsu and you know you're got, you know you're working on your car there you're not fucking going out sniffing cocaine and smoking weed all day you know you're just, what's wrong with a bit of fun having the crack the crack <laughs> literally crack just, just be crashing into any people and then you're good to go <laughs> don't be breaking any driver and just have all the fun you want when you haven't got a fight scheduled <sighs> don't be just breaking don't, any pregnant women's yeah. arms just don't end up suspended and having your title stripped over it. Yeah, twice. Uh, Ali Quinta's looking for a job. Maybe he can be John Jones' driver. You know, be a... <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't trust him to drive the car, to be honest. I wouldn't either, no. But, uh, <laughs> you get John Jones in even more trouble. <laughs> Would ya? That'd be a good fucking fight, Pasha, wouldn't it? But, yeah. <laughs> John, John and Al. <laughs> thoughts, for, thoughts on Manoa, I think. Uh, we spoke about him last week or the week before. I don't think he really deserved a shot anyway. Fair play, then. Like he, you have to hand it to Manu. He's done everything he could to put himself in the position. You know, he's gone onto fucking front pages of websites and stuff, saying stuff, calling out David Hay. You know, getting his name out there. Fair play, him. But um, yeah, I think he just fell short. Fell short a little bit. Um, it's it's tough to know who's going to fight. Misha Sarkanov is a fight I've kind of wanted for a while. He's fighting obviously very soon. If he wins that, I think he'll more than likely uh, fight uh, fight. Um, Jimmy. Lions eat first, mate. You know, Lions eat first. One shot, um, one kill. <laughs> yeah, Sirkinov makes sense. It's, uh, I suppose, uh, Uzdemar. Is that his name? Uzdemir? Yeah. Volkan? Yeah, he's, he's. I think... And Misha is seventh. Yeah. Uh, Uzdemir is fifth. Yeah, either either he's, he's beaten Corey Anderson, who's in between them two already, obviously, in the last ones that we... Either one of them, uh, Uzdemir or Serkinov. Yeah, I agree. Right, let's move on to a few questions, Graham. Let's do it. Before we do that, um, we're not 100% sure if we'll be back next week. If there's some big breaking news, we'll probably be back with a, maybe a, a curtailed one, but there's no MMA for a few weeks, so um, we'll, we'll announce it. There's MMA, but there's no UFC. No UFC, that's, that's really MMA. That's yeah, sport. He's nothing but a fucking fanboy. <laughs> That's a fact. You follow us on Twitter anyway. I'm Chanchi NBA. He's at a severe man. We'll uh, we'll announce it over the next coming days, but we'll probably be back with something anyway. Um, okay, here's a few questions. New tough started this week, Mr. Podge. The first one at one, Mr. Podge. How smart is James Krause? Decided to fight guys not in the UFC for prize money. Where more where more than he could get in the UFC? What oh, did you watch the first episode? Um, yeah, 250,000, 5,000 for a finish and 10,000 for a win. Mm-hmm. So you can win about three hundred grand if you go through and finish all your guys. I think, yeah, which isn't bad for what six to eight weeks work as long as you, as long as you you win. But you're gonna have to cut weight three or four times or three times in in a few weeks as well. Which I don't know about Kraus how much weight he's actually cutting, but he was I think he was on a two fight streak in the UFC and 
now he's looking for redemption somehow but yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> but as long as he wins it it's a good choice yeah um i think it is a good yeah i think it makes sense for somebody like him get a bit more exposure he's kind of like nobody really knows him outside of the hardcore fans he can get he can get a bit of shine off uh being the number one pick i think he kind of knew he'd probably be the one one pick and he'd be kind of given favorable matchups by whoever picked him because they obviously want to win the show themselves and get one over on Cody wants to get one over on TJ and TJ wants to get one over on Cody. So yeah, maybe maybe he didn't think about it too much and he just decided to do it because the UFC asked him. But if he did think it through, it seems like a, a good strategic decision. Yeah, yeah, I agree. There's a lot of good guys in it. I've always been especially because it's welterweight and he's he's a big yeah. welterweight and everybody else there it seems to be like a featherweight or a, a, a lightweight. Uh, what's your man's name? I can't even know. He fought, fought Chris Fields. He could kick the limo uh, window out after he got into the Jesse final. Taylor. JT Jesse Money. Taylor, yeah. How could you forget? Yeah. <laughs> how could I? I? I'm interested to see how he sure. looks. I think uh, Eddie Garden is a pretty good fighter as well. I'd like to see Eddie Garden against uh, James Krause. That'd be a good fight. Yeah, he looks in good shape. Uh, Eddie Gordon. Well, we didn't really see much of him in the, the first episode of the Open but he looked kind of. He looked a bit more toned and. He was he was he was a big enough middleweight <laughs> when he fought Pendred, and we'll see if he makes weight now at welterweight. Another person who I think Cahill fought Hector Bean on the other fighter as well, didn't he? Possibly, maybe yeah, not. maybe I don't know. Uh, he he came in uh, looking big and ended up getting pulled from the show because he couldn't make weight in the very first episode. So hopefully that doesn't happen to some of the the bigger guys. It is hard to make weight if you advance through the competition multiple times within a short period. Yeah, but um. I suppose that that's kind of part of the the show. The the the, right, the tough producers seem to love putting in the, the tough weight cuts as a kind of storyline in the episodes. Yeah, Joe Daddy Stevenson is there as well. Obviously, one of the top guys in the world before, but probably mm, yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's going. Yeah, I don't know. So Joe Daddy, what, what's in it for him really? Um, that's true. Redemption. Yeah, I see. I see it as very unlikely. He's he's he was small. He's small compared to most of the guys, and yeah. he's he's a bit shop worn. Even a few years ago, he's gone through. I think he was an alcoholic, was he? And yeah. for years, all right, he'd be all right. What about let yes. me bang, bro? Let me bang, bros in us, uh, Junior. Yeah, he said let me bang, bro, already a few times as well. We're gonna hear that. Love we're, we're gonna that should be a drinking game every time we hear that. Yeah. Uh, who else? Who else is in the house? Uh, uh, who else is in the? Uh, hmm. Oh, um, um, not Sosinski. I was kind of um, your man lost in the first round. That 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 dude who he beat him. Oh, you know, Seth, uh, Seth, yeah. Seth Bazinski, yeah, isn't it? Huh? Yeah, but um, um, yeah, Cody and and TJ <laughs> already going at it uh, constantly in the the first episode. Cody grabbed him by the neck as they showed in the. I think I think uh, in the promo, I think uh, Cody probably gonna maybe lose some fans by looks of things. Uh, I don't know. I saw a few people saying that. I don't I know. Think I think Joanna, like yeah. Joanna, kind of and the way Ronda, and maybe it was just the first episode. He hadn't seen TJ in a while, and maybe he'll calm down. But um, it was a bit much, like you know, stay in your lane and all this stuff. If you're gonna trash talk, at least make it funny or entertaining. Yeah, Cody's a bit aggressive, but I still think like TJ is the bad guy, and he's like he's fighting back against yeah. TJ, the bullying. And, and you see, they put the, the snake at the the snake shot at the yeah. very end of the episode. The, the, the uh, Pilgrim Studios did <laughs> that was pretty random, wasn't it? Just right at the end, a photo of a snake. Yeah, yeah Medi Baghdad yeah. is back actually on the show as well. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, Justin Edwards, Tom Galaccio, Gilbert, Gilbert Smith, who, who won his first one, Not or Gibbler, 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 which you call him Gibbler. Yeah. All Gilberts are now Gibbler. That is true. All right, uh, let's move on. Fuck the rest yeah, of the world. Who cares? Ramsey Nijam. Who cares? Um, <laughs> speaking of reality TV, Andy Stevenson at AndySt123 asks, this Aaron Chambers lad, has he ever fought? Uh, just don't see him in short. Is that the Jersey Shore guy, is it? Got Jordy Shore, I believe, signed from uh, who signed him? Bama, yeah. Bama signed him. It's not the, the, the kind of attention you want to be bringing to your promotion or to the sport. Guys who don't fight coming in to fight. Um, I don't think anyway. I don't, I don't see what it adds. Um, yeah, I, I don't like this kind of thing. Counterpoint, do you want to hear it? Go for it. Here, hold on one second. I'm just looking something up. <laughs> name again? Aaron Chalmers. He has, I think it's 21 million followers on Instagram. Or How many of them are real? He's a lot on you. I, I, uh, probably most of them. I didn't realize Johnny <laughs> Trump was that big. It could just be a that's, lot of fake followers, as we know. That's very prominent in, uh, that's in MMA. In, uh, it is now that he's in MMA, he's probably bothered on. <laughs> 20 million followers. Yeah, start calling him MMA Aaron, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he apparently he has trained for two fights before and they fell out on him and he's been training for a good while. Like Tommy, I'm sure that's uh, been a good story. I'm sure that's been some yeah. story that makes it sound like he's, like CM Punk, people thought he was able to do jiu-jitsu. Like, uh, but I don't know. People are like, man, he's been rolling for years, man. He's been rolling with the Gracies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's this or not. I just don't know. Like, it could be. It more than likely is, but I'm not sure. Like Tommy, um, Tommy, Tommy Quinn is over there with them boys, and he tr- like trains with a lot of them over in the castle, doesn't he? What if just send him is... over to shake hands with a Gracie and just take a photo and <laughs> good to go? He can tie a gi, he can tie a belt on. Be Photoshop him in when he's like six yeah. in, in one of those Gracie pictures. But, Don't uh, make it look realistic. Just make it look completely ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Tom, Tom McCarthy at eighty four. Tom Tom. Uh, any chance of UFC you could hire JBL short term just so you'd bully Tom Grish out of the company, Jesus, that's bad for yeah. Yeah, I heard something about this. What was it? JBL bullied Morrow and Ella, apparently. Is this allegedly Morrow has there was an announcement the other day that Morrow's leaving WWE, but he's leaving in uh, August when his contract's up, but he's not going to be commentating and then and he said it's not JBL's fault. But everyone knows, like in WWE, there's like a huge culture of like bullying and you know hazing and stuff. It's kind of how you toughen guys up and stuff. But people is more it bullying, is, is it bullying, do you think, or is it, is it part of the game for like is it like is it like hazing? Is it like you know, in Ireland everybody slags each other, but if you slag each other in certain countries, they take they get really offended. Is, is it that? Do you think is it that Marwanello isn't isn't a, a pro wrestling guy? He doesn't understand that this is the culture, or is it? Do you think it's a it's a real problem in wrestling with bullying? I don't know anything about wrestling, so like just See, I'll turn to you on this one. I I think it's remember before in like soccer you you had young lads like washing their boots and you know you did they'd yeah. be made work and stuff but that's kind of gone now you know that they don't do that anymore you'd like, be a trainee you'd, you'd, have, you'd have a player you'd make sure his yeah. kid is ready you'd clean, clean his boots yeah. you'd, you'd do everything for him yeah i think that's the way it was like there was there was you know kind of an induction period and you had to go through five years of hell before you kind of got onto the team or something like that and i think that's kind of still gone on and vince mcmahon likes that apparently he wants yeah. to that keep going and jbl is like he's my man but Moronalo, like he has a history of um of like mental illness and stuff like that, and to do that to him is a bit shitty. Like to be honest, you like 
Uh, it's hard to know. It's hard to know with just sketchy details like this with Mario and yeah. saying no, it's not JBL, and people saying no, oh, it is. I don't know. Well, maybe I haven't heard. I've only heard like people tweeting about it. I can't even remember where I heard it. To be honest, I might have heard it on a podcast or something. I can't remember. Yeah, but um, it's hard to know. Maybe it's just uh, maybe it's just rumors, or maybe maybe Maro is just uh, he's just this is how this is how it is in pro in pro wrestling. It's kind of a meathead sport, and he's not a meathead, and he just doesn't fit in. He doesn't get their get their jokes, or he doesn't get their vibe. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I think that's kind of it. But, but yeah, kind of Todd Grisham. Uh, he's still shit. Uh, <laughs> he hasn't gotten any better. He's even gotten worse. I think nearly. Um, I don't mind him too much, to be honest. I, I think he's okay. up for Brian Stam, but he he wasn't like he he was just listing like random Wikipedia facts just during during fights. <laughs> Don't tell people that they'll start reading my fucking uh, my previews too closely. In <laughs> uh, McLean, Artem versus Stevens, Cobb versus Zombie. They're basically the two fights you said, aren't they? So you oh, I'm sure you agree with that? He stole them out of my mind. There you go, Mister Podge again. If you had a, if you had a cho- if Al had a choice, sorry, which should he pick? Find UFC again, fighting Bellator, or stick to selling houses? Um. Well, he says he he likes it. He sounds he's Alex seems to think uh, or wants to put across the thought that uh, he's he's grand making the money in um, in real estate and he doesn't doesn't need to fight. But why is he back fighting if that's the case? You know, so maybe he's not letting on about what's happening and um, um he's not going about it well in the UFC. Like I don't think the UFC would take too kindly to. Uh, to this like maybe if you're if you're conor mcgregor or, or ronda rousey or you're you're, you're selling pay-per-views then you, you can do this stuff nate diaz can do this stuff but when you're ally Quinta, i don't think this stuff is going to help you with the ufc to be honest so yeah. i don't know what his contract is though if he if he has no fights left on the deal maybe he'll go to bellator but i was only thinking that like i'm not i'm not sure i, I don't think he i didn't hear that but i just he seemed that kind of a i think he's a perfect fit for bellator to be honest like i he's a very good style and stuff but i don't think he's winning ufc titles anytime soon but you never know eddie alvarez did so like anyone could but <laughs> that sounded bad that sounded worse than i meant it. eddie alvarez is a good fighter now but yeah like lots of people you lightweight is a weird division like he could who's the more surprising champion eddie alvarez or michael bisping oh definitely bisping oh uh, yeah like uh, who did Alvarez beat to win the title? No, oh, yeah, he, yeah, like RDA, RDA is good, yeah. like, but yeah, and RDA, um, New Krakow is good, Yeah, no, but how should I put this? RDA, <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, even need to put it anyway. I think people yeah, already know. What I think people know what I'm, I'm going to say. Yeah, okay, we, we move <laughs> on. Um, Dave Butler and Johnny Byrne about ask about John Kavanaugh being in, and a few more people thought about John Kavanaugh being in the corner. We discussed that earlier on. Um, so rewind back if you didn't hear it, you can hear it there. Andy Hall asked Boot, Boot Nick, Andy, becoming a friend of the podcast now. Good questions, Andy. If you had to choose one discipline as the most important for MMA, which would you say? Uh, at the top level or just in general yeah that's that's a good point i think this has changed as well like at the top level i think it's definitely striking because everything else kind of yeah. wears itself out but mid level level it's wrestling, uh, wrestling. Right. mid mid to mid to bottom i think it's definitely wrestling yeah so yeah like at the top it's not just wrestling though you do need that grapple you need to be able to defend the triangle on the armbar and <laughs> like in the guillotine like jail. like uh, <laughs> yeah um, it's a gra- like yeah, gr- grappling has kind of all become one nearly not one but it's it's kind of like wrestling has these certain um re- when people are taught wrestling for MMA they're taught with the jiu-jitsu in mind how to defend in mind and stuff so 
yeah, if if you're just going to be like a non-top level fighter, then then wrestling, but at the top level, striking. Andy, again, ask who do you think could be the most unexpected out of nowhere title challenger this year? Mm. Looking through this the year. Mm. Uh, do you know, I, I'm going to throw one out here. The Korean Zombie. How about that? If he, if he goes in there, gets another. But that wouldn't be out of nowhere. He's already had a title shot. Yeah, but he's coming back from two years away. Well, it depends. Yeah, it depends what out of nowhere means, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the, uh, the, the, he's in the top five, like, isn't he? Like, there's not really out of nowhere. The worst thing I think uh, Todd Grisham said at the weekend was he, uh, Eddie Wineland. He said Eddie Wineland can make a name for himself by beating John Dodson. Like, Eddie Wineland fought for the title. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, someone put it, I think it was Flying Brian over on Twitter. Shout out to him. He put it um, Todd Grisham is a casual MMA fan commentating on a fight only watched by hardcore MMA fans. Like, that, I thought that was very well put. That's exactly what he's like. He's good in, like, he's... The How is that good, though? You know, no, but he's good, like, A to B, he's very good. But then when he gets into something like, you know, something specific... So he's good at saying the promo, sales. like, watch yeah. this thing on Spike next week or on yeah, exactly. whatever next week. That's, that's not MMA I commentary. That's yeah, I know, I know. But who's going to do it? Like, there aren't that many people with that skill set in the world who can do that. Like, ah, there like, is. John Gooden should be in there before him, I think. Give me Wheelock, John Gooden. Get Wheelock in. If that's what I don't want him. Get my Goldberg back. Nah, no, get, get Wheelock's better than Goldberg. I don't know. I was never a big fan of Wheelock. He's all right. Like he's better than the, the fella to have now, but possibly. Uh, like he's not. He's not the. Yeah, he's better. Like uh, who else is better? Um, John Gooden's better. John Good. That, who did I say? I said John Gooden, didn't I? That's why I'm into it anyway. I'm not sure who is it. Oh, maybe you did. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let me think. Uh, oh, here's one. Um, Christoph Jotko. There you go. Mm. How about that? Catch me outside. So. Yeah, Probably not. That, that, that's like out of nowhere. That isn't out of nowhere. One. I if think the Korean zombie is ranked in the top five. Yeah. What, what podcast are we? 114. To everyone, if that happens, if he gets a title shot, come back and fucking Christoph Jocko will get a title shot in 2017 and slash 2018. Sean Shane, Shane, Sean Shane is saying that right here, right if, now. If you're if including 2018, maybe Karamu Usman mm. out of nowhere. If like he can, that. if he can put it, he's very raw but very powerful. If he can put it, he seems to be starting to put it together as an MMA fighter as well. So if he can continue, he could be real force. Yeah, that is true. Uh, Kevin at Mewling Wood, do you think Artem can ever crack the top higher end of the featherweight division? I don't so think so. The top seven, top yeah, top higher. No, probably not. I don't think he could top to crack the top fifteen, like if they give him someone. You so know, certain style matchups, Artem can win certain style matchups in the yeah. top fifteen, but then other style matchups uh, are much harder for him to win. So like MMA is about styles. I could see him beating T City. Like yeah. he's not that good. Artem could beat him. Yeah. When he gets hit, he doesn't react badly. He, he doesn't react well. He he's always looking to drop to his back for a triangle. If Artem had a good game plan there, I could see him beating Brian Ortega. Yeah. Yeah. Another good question from Kevin as well. Muling Wood is Mike Perry a real threat to the top five, or is he is he too one dimensional? I think both. I think both is the answer there. He can be. He can be a yeah. threat, but he isn't right now. I think. Yeah. He could knock anyone out, but he could also get beat by anyone. He's one of those guys, you know. He's very, very. He seems have cardio issues that he could sort out as well. He, he could sort out a few little things. Um, calm down a bit in there. <laughs> sort out the, the cardio. Um, he has, but he has a load of potential. But he seems like a bit of a nutter. So maybe he's, uh, maybe he's kind of destined to be a bit of a wild man. 
Yeah, uh, Harry Paul asked a few questions there. Asks who do we think Artem should get next? And he says Bobby Green. Artem has fought a lightweight before, hasn't he? Mm, like, yeah, I'd like him at forty-five now, though. He, yeah. Now that he's not taking fights on when you're when you're taking fights on a couple of days' notice or a week's notice in in Poland, you can't really cut weight. You got to fly over or whatever. So he was fighting like one seventy, one fifty-five back then. And on the Ultimate Fighter, you have to make weight. What like if you're going to win the show, you got to make weight four times in in six weeks or whatever it is. So. Yeah, and because the ultimate fighter comes along or whatever way, you kind of got to just decide, am I going to go for this or not? But ideally, Artem, I think, is going to stay at 45. I don't see any reason for him. He's just had the... He's just got. He's just come off a main event, and he's he's going to get credit off people who, who aren't just haters. So I think it's he's in a good spot, <laughs> and there's no, there's no point to... There's no point to, of changing weight class now. Yeah, that's true. Jack Dargis has some good... um. Good questions there at Mr. Jack Dodd. Just go out and check check out his play. I think it's still going. He's with Mycroft from Sherlock in a play at the moment over in London. Check that out. Um, he has a few we've already answered, but this one about Ally Quinta. He's obviously holding something back on the Mike Post fight. Do you think he should have just gone for it and spoke out? What was he? <laughs> Is that a joke? Yeah. No, but like, do you, do you remember when Brian Stan like kind of pulled the microphone away from him, didn't even want him to curse, and he's like, "You're on Fox." Do you think he should have just gone fuck the UFC like on the mic or something? Or I, I was saying earlier that I didn't think it was going to work well, but like, there seems to be a lot of questions about Ally yeah, Quinn. So, so maybe it's working. Maybe people like this. Give me a call if you need a house. Maybe they're like, maybe I do need a house. Yeah, Andrew <laughs> Pearson asks how many how many raging owls will rage before the UFC gives in to raging owls? Just yeah, all these owl questions. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, and maybe this weird uh, this weird fighting with yourself, uh, even though you're giving out the UFC for something you know you can't, you're ineligible for. Giving out about not getting that uh, is working, and being really weird in your post fight interviews, well, maybe maybe it's working. Um, maybe it's the knockout that uh, that has people excited. Maybe if you had a Call it a specific, a specific opponent after he had a, he had got the knockout. Then maybe uh, maybe there wouldn't be a lot of doubt around him like there is now. But maybe doubt is good to keep people talking about it and keep him in the news a little bit longer. Keep keep the interest in the media. Yeah, Dara Kelly asks with Bobby Knuckles insisting on being called the Reaper. What are the worst nicknames you've come across in MMA? Um, overtime. Yeah, because he had the best nickname ever before that. That was Every, formerly the worst nickname. Name. Everyone being called the All American <laughs> and everyone being called Pitbull. I hate that shit. Like there was a, there was a boxer before actually the best nickname Martin the Immaculate Conception. That's that's a your man Bama as well signed. What's his name? Um, P- Power Plant. Exceptional nickname. Tremendous nickname. I'm just trying to think. What is the worst nickname? Mm, just some really bad ones. Um, Soldier of God, Yola Romero. It's kind of it kind uh, of fits him though. No, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, Rampage is one of the best ones. Yeah, it just turned into his actual name, like in most people's mind. Do you know what I hate? Do you know what I really hate? Uh, Cole Miller, M- Magarino, or something like that. It's like you're nah, not nobody Brazilian. calls him. That's nobody. You're not fucking Brazilian. Like, only Bruce Buffer calls you that in the octagon. No one. Else Cole is one that's of the best the one. ones as well because his real name is Kev, uh, Kevin, yeah. and nobody, and he's managed to, to hide that. Yeah. Kevin's um, Tito, Tito Ortiz. I think of bad ones. The bad, the Huntington Beat bad boy, the California kid is up there with the worst nicknames. Definitely. Ah, I like it. Awful. I like the California. The California kid, you're like a 36 year old man. Like. The Dominator is pretty bad as well for Dominic Cruz. That's that's a yeah. pretty bad one. The Punisher, Carl like, Pendreds, is pretty bad as well. Oh, oh. <laughs> why? What about the another Just two here for the best? One of them default names, like yeah. The two, 
two here offer the best as well that I made up. Bubba Jenkins. I call him Hubba Bubba Jenkins. I think that's a really good one. And obviously <laughs> the best of all is Yogurty Dev Yogurty. That's the best nickname ever made because I came up with it as well. He's trying to get a fight on um well he's not trying, but he's if he's Wonderboy is one of the best as well. We were asked what the worst one is we're coming for all the best. Um yeah, this is oh, there must be some Oh Tyron Woodley, the chosen one. I think that's horrendous. Like you're not the chosen one. Yeah, that's clearly David Moyes. Come on, man. Patrick has a few questions there. We've answered most of them already, but I like when to get in the bonus. You said he couldn't. The count is pretty bad, actually, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. If Frankie beats Yair Yas, do you think he should get a title draw? <sighs> um, not if it's Aldo. I don't want to see. Don't want to see that again. If it's if it's Holloway, then yeah. Yeah, actually, that's that's a good point. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that so far. Um, yes, Damien Maya at Nobs Eleven. What does my? I'm losing my voice here. What does Graham think about the cooler being back with his uh, his bets over the weekend? Oh yeah, yeah. Every even a broken clock is is right twice a day. I was right four times in one day. So fuck you. Ah, four, four like buses, they all come at the same time when you need them. Yeah, that is true. I we, we better uh, wrap this up. Thanks everyone for your questions. Nick Lay as well in, in there asked about Artem and Bija. We we spoke about that earlier. UFC punts. Yeah. How pit how you gone here last one? So how would Pitbull for Ferrer uh fair in the UFC? Um, wouldn't have great, but he'd do all right. He's a he's a good finisher, like and stuff. Yeah, he'd be low low ranked probably in the top fifteen. Right. Thanks everyone for the questions. Beautiful. We we love you all. Anything coming up on the website this uh this week, Graham? Um yeah, well talking bras will be back. Um oh, I never heard of them. Yeah, they're uh Who's this, Yeah. There's this other guy, Niall, he's a he's a legendary point man in Dublin. <laughs> he's known to drink uh, at least thirty points in one sitting. Legendary rugby player as well. I heard he uh, wrote about he wrote about himself scoring four tries. Yeah, he could have made it believable. Like, what was it like? Uh, what, what he said, like explosive burst from Norma. It was like, come on, no, you clearly made this yourself. Like, come yeah, on. come on. I did that as well when I was in school. No joke. <laughs> like, Sean Jean made a blistering run. Yeah, yeah, well, off the blistering or something. I was like, no, come on, make it believable. Like, yeah. come on. Oh, but sure, these things happen. Like. I'm sure did Linster win or lose today? I'm not sure. I'm sure he was devastated if they lost or overjoyed if they won. So there you go. We can just hit it out with hit it out whichever one. Luca, Luca Jelkic actually he's a SPG guy got a yeah. nice uh, KO. The ref was refusing to stop the fight, but uh that's not his fault. But um a bit of a late stoppage there. But a uh, good win for him in the in the main event to retain his uh, FCC lightweight lightweight belt, I think. What yeah. about um the honey badger is back as well? He's, yeah, he's the finest announced. Yeah, we didn't. Oh, yeah, that was that was announced since the last time. Yeah, uh, Phil Mopeter is back against Magic Miles Price. Uh, two two guys been around for for years. Miles Price actually used to be an SBG and was the cage contender, lightweight champion years ago. Um, there was a, there was a lot of uh, hype behind him in the early days, and uh, he fought he fought most recently. I think it was Kane Musa. He was met or did he fight since then? Oh, I think he fought since then actually and won. But he had a real close fight with Kane Musa, who was undefeated at the time, and ended up uh, ended up uh, Kane ended up losing his undefeated record to Mark Jacasey, who's obviously doing very well in the UFC. No shame losing there. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, Richard Coyley, uh, who knocked out um, Keith McCabe with a with a, a knee. I just watched that fight during the week. Actually, he looks like a devastating striker. Yeah, he said he had an injured ankle. He had both ankles strapped up in that fight, so it makes it that that more impressive how how well he moved. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the angle he was like great. 
that uh, that uh, interview with Pete did with him over in the Severe May, very very intelligent guy. He seems to think about it a lot. Seems to have a lot of confidence in himself as well. Yeah, he also um, he's fight, he's fighting. Um, I probably got his name wrong there though. But Daniel Olin Olinik Yak. Yeah, oh, that so, sounds uh, right. Probably, nailed it. Absolutely, but, absolutely butchered it. <laughs> but, um, that's the best I can do. I'm not going to make a second attempt at it because it's just going to it's just going to be worse. It's going to be a completely different, completely different pronunciation than I gave the first time. <laughs> but watch out for several different pronunciations as this fight comes uh, comes closer. <laughs> Shout out to Chad Dundas. Enjoy it. Uh, okay, that's all we have for this week. I uh, can I keep saying see you next Tuesday because we're coming out on Mondays now. See you next week. See you next, but see you next Tuesday is cunt like, and that's what made it good. Can I just keep saying see you next Tuesday, and then people will understand? Yeah, just tell people to download it on Tuesday, even just though it comes out on Monday. Yeah, spread the word. <laughs> spread the word. Oh, we've uh, we've something coming up as well. I have a prizes to give away, it's just small little prizes. But listen to the podcast over the next couple of weeks and stuff. Uh, give it an RTs over the next couple of weeks, and we'll something we want to get to our fans of the podcast. So stay tuned for that. Right. Here we go. Do more for the world than the world does for you. See you next Tuesday.